conceptual people talk about all of the elements Good morning, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. Uh, this is a little different than the normal things I normally do on Facebook live streams in the morning. Uh, while I may drop a few gems on you that uh, may be considered uh, inspirational, uh, motivational, empowering, or encouraging, this is more informational uh, things to share with you to keep you as informed as possible. I am a firm believer that the more informed and educated you are on any matter, the more empowered you are to make uh, logical and profitable, beneficial decisions. Uh, a feeling of helplessness normally comes from a state of ignorance. And when I use the term ignorance, I am not using it in the sense of some form of slight or um, disrespectful uh, attack or insult. I'm using it in the meaning uh, in which it was initially intended, and that is the lack of knowledge in a particular area or on a particular subject. We all, at some point, level in some way, um, suffer from ignorance. No one knows everything. Uh, the goal is to know as much about the things that impact you as possible. One of the things that I have said over and over again in my teachings, in my writings, in my books, is that we fail to progress as a people primarily because we fail to understand how things work. We trust way too much on mainstream media to set the tone of our perception, the tone of our interpretation and the direction and scope of our behavior. And that is because we refuse to gain an understanding of how things work. Um, uh, I want to, on the top of this, uh, I wanna talk about some things that I've shared uh, the thing is, no person is, uh, again, uh, exempt from ignorance. No person knows everything. No person has all of the answers. And the thing that drives me in my yearning to understand things so that I can be a cog in the wheel of solution is the fact that I don't know everything. The fact that when someone presents something to me, no matter how uh, diametrically opposed it may be to my current holdings, I will review it uh, because I don't know everything and because I need to be able to evaluate every angle. Um, and so what I want to kind of talk with you about are some things that I noticed that uh, should definitely be paid attention to. But before I do that on the top of this, I want to just point out something that should be obvious, but obviously it isn't. Uh, I want you to understand that people can actually point out things that may not be 
for lack of a better term, in alignment with what you think without totally disagreeing with what you think. I think it's important that we understand that. Uh, there were some posts last week that I post, and my point, point was, I think that we have to be calm. And in each one of those posts, I made sure to make clear that my family and I and my house were taking all the necessary precautions. Uh, we were following the mandates and the uh, suggestions of healthcare experts uh, on how to deal with this. We were practicing social distancing. We were staying in the house unless it was absolutely necessary to go out for the things that are essential for us to, you know, maintain in the house, i.e., food. Um, you know, we were uh, working on building our immune system uh, and, and and a bunch of other things that are out there. We were doing that, but at the same time, I was talking from a point and perspective of understanding uh, media control and propaganda, uh, the importance of understanding when there is an agenda behind the panic and the fear and to understand that because that's going to have a, a, a highly uh, elongated impact on us. The longevity of the repercussions of what's transpiring now will outlive this first wave of uh, COVID-19, you got to understand the coronavirus has been around in many forms for many years. And COVID-19 is just another uh, form of this virus and its impact. And a lot of what uh, is sp sparking the fear is the novelty of the virus, meaning that we really don't know a lot about it. Um, my thing is, if panic doesn't produce any type of desired result, what good is panic? Uh, history doesn't show well or vote well for panic. Um, there are no teachings in, throughout the annals of history where panic served a positive purpose. Uh, as a behavioral specialist, what I can tell you is panic negatively impacts the ability to make good decisions. It simply does. Uh, physiologically, emotionally, and mentally, it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that panic uh, produces a negative uh, response uh, outside of any, any situation in which there's an immediate, absolute immediate need to remove yourself from a situation, fight or flight, somebody's shooting in a building. That panic will make you move, but it could also make you make a poor decision in which way to move. It, I mean, it's literally all these different variables you have to look at. But my thing is, I've never set up and at any time said, what's happening now isn't real. I've never suggested to ignore the fact that we have a situation on our hand. Matter of fact, I've said specifically, me and my family are doing everything we can to stay safe. What I'm saying also at the same time is be aware of what's going on. Be, be four or five moves ahead. There's a game. Everybody talks about chess and checkers, but there's a game played in the East that's been played for literally centuries. It's called Go. If you think chess is complicated, play Go. Uh, there are some people out there playing Go with your lives. And because you don't know, and because you are waiting on the people who are literally playing Go with your lives to tell you what they're doing, we're always behind. Um, I'm just saying there's so much going on. There's always so much going on beneath the surface. And we normally sit up and we allow the people who have the controls to dictate the mindset. <laughs>
and my 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 push has always been in suggesting that we start to learn for ourselves, read for ourselves, uh, research for ourselves, put some real time into understanding things beyond the way we see it. Uh, probably one of the greatest epiphanies I had was the epiphany that nothing was as I thought it was. That there were so many different levels below and beneath what I thought I knew. And then the more that I thought I learned, the more I realized I needed to know. And that's been my journey ever since, is that every time I think I've got it figured out, there's an entirely different level. And that people have literally spent their entire lives passing down uh, all of this, uh, these strategies, these ideas. I mean, there's so much that you could, that, there's, so, there's a thousand, literally a thousand points there's literally a thousand points and each one of those points if you just started with that one point and devoted yourself to a lifetime of research in that one area it would completely change your perception of where you live how you live how you think and what kind of impact you feel you can have on this world that's the things that are impacting us and that's the number of angles that are influencing what's happening in the world today and the more you are aware of it, the more powerful and influential and impactful you can be in it. Uh, you feel hopeless because you simply don't know. And you're looking at a world that's being presented to you by, prefer by, by pretty much six people. Six people own 13,000 plus media outlets in the world that are considered quote unquote mainstream media. Um, that's a lot of power. Uh, and so I would suggest reading uh, books like Propaganda by Edward Bernays, Brainwashed by Tom Burrell, uh, just to get an idea of how the media is consistently used, how images, ideas are planted. And most of the things we think we're thinking are actually seeds planted. And I'm not trying to throw a whole bunch of conspiracy stuff out there. I'm just, hey, what's up, Mike? I'm just trying to challenge people to think beyond what's on the surface, to go several levels deeper, to literally take something and literally just start to unravel. You ever, you ever grab something that has a thread sticking out and you start to pull the thread and you think you're just going to pull the thread out and all of a sudden you start pulling and things start to unravel and the thread is literally uh, the thread that's woven into the fabric that holds the fabric together so the more you pull it. Where it comes you need to grab a hold of one of those threads and you need to start pulling and you need to start examining and you need to start looking far beneath things. Um, my journey started in 1985. Um, not going to get into it, but it started in 1985 and I've taken so many different variations and turns and peaks and trying to gain an understanding of things. And while I think I have some insight. I know there's so much more to understand, but at least I'm not sitting here thinking what's on the surface is what's really happening. Uh, but but uh, now let's talk about something a little bit more solid because I've been talking about something that a lot of people simply aren't going to grasp because there's this thing. If you, you want to take someone who's aware of something that you don't want people to be aware of and you want 
them just discredit them you simply label them as theorists a conspiracy theorist and don't get me wrong there's some people out here with some crazy crap that's going on that throw up anything that they hear and what i want you to get an understanding of as i share this is this is happening on both sides you got people on both sides throwing up stuff that they're seeing without verifying it, and it's causing more harm than good. You got the conspiracy theorists and you got the panic people. You got the people who are sitting up saying that everything is something, trying to do something, trying to get something. And then you got other people, you know, the sky is falling and everything else in between. And we aren't looking at what is what can be verified, what do what can we prove? What can we do? In other words, um, there's this real simple thing. Um, most, most who grew up Christian learned this prayer, the prayer of serenity. You, you, you need to be able to have the strength and the courage to change the things you can, uh, the ability to, to accept the things you can't and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. The problem is right now, there's such a blurred line between what we see that we could be changing and what we feel we can't, that nobody is doing anything. That's the problem. Now, here's what I want to share with you. Uh, there was an update. Well, first of all, there was an update from the White House, and they're extending the social distancing thing throughout the month of April, uh, which is definitely... Uh, something that's changed from what the president had initially said, which was that he was going to push to have everything back up and running for the most part by Easter Sunday. Well, that's changed. Uh, there are some things that despite everything that the wealthy elite uh, have positioned themselves to believe about themselves, there are some things they don't control. And the one thing they don't control is nature. Uh, whether, uh, and I'm not going on a conspiracy tangent on one side or the other, this thing, whether it was man-made or not, there are researches and a whole bunch of stuff out there on both sides of this argument. I don't have time to even go into it. Whether it's man-made or not, now it's had, it, once it's been unleashed, nature takes over. So now you have this thing out there that is moving and it's behaving. No man-made deadline is going to impact when we get this thing under control. So no man can sit up and say, we're going to be done by this time. It's going to be how well we manage it, uh, the natural life uh, life cycle of the viral phase. In other words, virals come in phases. This virus is not going to go away. It's going to retract itself and adapt to what we're doing to stop it. And then it's going to reemerge at some time in the future. It could be like the regular flu where it emerges every season new and you have to figure out what it is and create a, uh, whatever for those who actually take the take vaccines and stuff like that. You have to figure it out every, or it may not emerge. There are many who have studied this long before we start talking about it. That's why I'm tripping on how unprepared we are, because this particular virus was talked about as far back as 1981. Nothing new, if you read about it. It's been talked about, and there are those who have studied it and looked at the patterns, and that's what I want to talk about, patterns and predictability. And they looked at it and said, okay, it's going to go away as quickly as it came. Uh, just, just disappear. Nobody, you know, It's not going to pop up like next year, like with a new form, like 
some forms of viruses. It's going to go away, but it's going to come back in about 10 years, having evolved. And maybe it will find hosts in animals or insects or whatever and evolve that way before it emerges and attacks the human po population again. We don't know, but there are so many different ways that this thing can move. Okay, so what, what, what are we going to do about it? What we need to do is be aware of what's going on now. Some of the things that I noticed that is pretty interesting to me uh, on a virus that is more prone to attack the vulnerable, which would be your elderly and people with uh, compromised immune systems and blah, blah and so, sort of things like that. You would think that uh, the numbers that will come out now, these are numbers just in Houston and Harris County, but you would think that the numbers will come out and the elderly would be the primary group that's suffering the most when the actuality 20 uh, ages 40 to 49 are where 20 percent of the uh, cases are coming from and that's the highest number by at least four percentage points then the next highest group is 60 to 69 and then it falls back to 50 to 59 and then to 30 to 39 but the highest group is 40 to 49 and what i am looking at i don't have any real true stats to back it up i'm just looking at the observations that i'm making social observation this that looks like the the millennial group that has decided that they buck in the system uh, and you know having you know parties and hangouts and all of that stuff like that and you know i've just seen a lot of people uh, i'm a little bit older than the 49 by a few years but so i follow the next group which is like third the third most effective group uh but i'm looking at a lot of my friends following that group that on social media social media friends and i'm watching them act like nothing's wrong and you start you're starting to see that they are the group impacted the ones that are out still during birthday parties still in the clubs still the thing is while i have advocated a non-panic approach from day one. I've also been uh, advocating uh, using, I mean, common sense. If something is contagious, the more people you are around, the higher the risk of contracting it. It's just a numbers game. It's numbers and a lot of people have been talking about numbers and lose their minds about numbers. Here's the thing, numbers, have a when you understand numbers when you understand numbers and you're not just using them to look at a statistical argument they give you a picture and you have this ability to predict that's how you're getting these projections of possible deaths by the time this is over with they are looking at a lot of different numbers and they're projecting there's nothing wrong with looking at numbers it does not marginalize human capacity human life it does not marginalize it it simply says if we're going to get this we have to remove the emotion because people are dying that's emotional watching people die uh watching a lot of the games that are being played while people die looking at how everything is being politicized Everybody's pushing agendas. Everybody's using it to push and make their arguments. You've got Democrats against Republicans, Republicans against Democrats, the wealthy against the uh, uh, the impoverished, and and and, and there's geopolitical and uh, global uh, global uh, 
trade wars and everything, everybody's jockeying for position and using the thrust and the leverage of the fear and the panic that is associated with this as a means to get what they want out of it. You got people price gouging. You got people who are literally creating new industries based off of what's happening now. This is a part of natural process. You have to be aware of it so that you know the right decisions to make. But what you can do is you can look at the numbers and kind of get an idea of how things are flowing. When I sit up and see that the largest and most impacted group in Harris County is ages 40 to 49, that should send up a red flag when the 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 disease uh what am i saying the initial uh principal understanding of the disease was that it impacts older people more uh they're more susceptible to it in contracting it and in suffering more from it and you know people with uh compromised immune systems are pre-existing conditions well when you look at the fact that the largest affected group is a group that really shouldn't be impacted as much. You have to say, okay, that has to, that's significant. That's something that's known as statistical significance. Statistic, statistical significance is when something is happening at a rate that can't be explained by uh, coincidence. And with any study, you have this uh, uh, percentage of, you know, where, where you could be wrong. Uh, and it's normally anywhere, depending on what you're studying, five to seven percent, um, you know. And so if it's anywhere beyond five to seven percent uh, in variation, then you have to say it's statistically significant when a group that shouldn't really be impacted as much is the leading group that's statistically significant. Then you have to have an answer for it. Anytime something is statistically significant, you can't just say it exists. There has to be a reason for its existence. And so you start to look at it. And one of the things that immediately pops out to me is all these darn videos where people are just partying and hanging out and doing whatever. And you're study reading these stories where people are contracting uh, the virus. Uh, we still have a lot we don't know. This is definitely a novel situation. We don't know everything about it and to sit up and pretend that you do know. See, there are these different levels and this is what I'm talking about. It's easy to sit up and think you understand something because you know something, but there are too many variables to know to truly get a full understanding of what's going on. It's this constant, uh, constant motion and movement of all these different pieces. See, the thing is, there are so many other elements that extend outside of what you're able to see and understand. So when we look at it and you say, OK, you got these many people that are ages 40 to 49 that are contracting the disease, you got 47 percent female and 43 percent male. All of these are somewhat anomalies based off of what was initially uh, set out about the disease. Initially, it was supposed to be a virus. I'm saying disease, a virus uh, that was more susceptible at attacking males. We're finding out that at least in, in the situation within Houston and Harris County, that's not the case. It's attacking more females. Uh, more females are contracting it uh, than males. I mean, about four percentage points, 47 percent versus 43 uh, percent. And then you see that uh, 
people in their four between 40 and 49 are the most impacted group and we'll move on uh still don't uh dismiss the fact that our elderly are most at risk uh keep that in mind when you uh, are judging the risk you're taking because we are living in a situation in which the risk you're taking isn't only your risk and that can't be stressed enough what do I mean? I mean that if you're going to be around anybody other than yourself, then every risk you take, you take for the people you're going to be around. If you're going to be around your children, you're going to be around your spouse, you're going to be around your parents, then you're taking risk for them as well because they don't have, they could be doing everything right and you can bring them the disease because you're not taking care of your business. That's the dangers of, uh, uh, of not practicing social distancing and not going through the current precautions is that you're not just living for yourself. That's what being in a social construct or a social reality or being social creatures is about. I've always said this to the live and let live people. The truth of the matter is everybody's behavior impacts everybody. You cannot have a social culture and not have that type of dynamic. That's what makes us social creatures. If we could live autonomous of one another, we would be, but we don't. And our choices impact more than us. So you may be perfectly healthy. You may be young. You may be able to get the disease and not even really experience any other symptoms because you are in yourself strong enough to fight it off, but you are still a carrier. And now you're going to take that back to someone who may not be able to fight it as well, who may be very susceptible to its most deadly results. And so you have to be able to think that way. This is not about the political side of things. This isn't about uh, whether it, it has a natural origin of, or if it's man-made. This isn't about all of the agendas that are floating around. With all of that stuff at play, and it's real, there are plenty of agendas floating around. Everybody's gonna use this to make their argument and achieve their result as much as they possibly can. But what it doesn't change is that people are getting sick and people are dying. And what you have to do is be smart enough not to be a catalyst or a contributor to the growth uh, and rapid expansion of this particular pandemic. What you have to be is one person who's sitting up saying, it won't be because of me. And the more people who take on that responsibility and actually walk it and live it, the better off it's going to be. Uh, there are a lot of things that up, that came out in the mayor's uh, thing. There are uh, a total of something like 27,000 thousand masks coming from uh, China. Uh, the city is purchasing a lot more masks. Uh, the, the city is uh, talking about the capacity to reopen Kindred Hospital facility, uh, which is a, a hospital facility that closed down uh, not that long ago uh, in the Heights area in Houston, which is very close to downtown Houston for those who aren't from Houston. And they, they have the capacity for as many as 100 beds and as many as 21 ICU beds if there is a need for overflow. What is important to understand, and this is a verified fact, that as of right now, the bed, the hospital beds in Houston are underutilized. What, that, what does that mean? That means that right now, we have not reached the capacity of our ability to take care of people who come in with the illnesses. We still are below capacity, and that's where we want to remain. Uh, police department, they are taking some new precautions. I think officers are not going to be required to wear a mask 
there have been 11 police officers who have tested positive. One has been hospitalized. There have been uh, uh, how many firefighters? Five firefighters have tested positive. No hospitalizations. Um, both HP, I mean HPD and HFD. Uh, sustain 100% ability to respond to emergencies. Uh, there have been no decline in capacity to respond to emergencies. There will be new protocols in place to reduce the risk of contracting uh, the virus while responding to emergencies. They are asking that uh, you reduce your visits to the emergency room to those things that are truly considered an emergency uh, but at the same time don't marginalize symptoms that mimic that of what you've heard about the coronavirus if you feel you have symptoms don't wait until your symptoms worsen uh, there have been some rumors that a lot of hospitals are turning people away who ultimately turn up days later to actually have had the uh, virus and were turned away and they weren't taken seriously until they had more serious complications. Don't be afraid to insist on being treated. Don't be afraid to uh, insist on your right it's, uh, under the current laws of this country. You cannot be turned away at, a, uh, at an emergency room. So insist on being seen, insist on having tests run. Um, now, don't go panicking. You know, every cough isn't the coronavirus. A bunch of us were coughing long before anybody said anything about the coronavirus. A bunch of us were dealing with uh, mucus buildup. A lot of this stuff is just simply that we're not eating right. We're not taking care of our bodies. We're not managing uh, the proper pH balance uh, between uh, alkalinity and acidity. Those are things that we need to take seriously. And, and, and there are so many other areas that we're suffering health-wise that actually makes us more vulnerable to a virus like uh, COVID-19. And those are the things that we can work on. We can work on them for now and we can work on them so that in the future, the next threat isn't that much of a threat to us. Those are our responsibilities. And I know it's not easy. Uh, Marion and I have been talking about this long before there was ever a, a, a knowledge of COVID is how few options we have when it comes to healthy food, uh, food uh, in in our communities, and in comparison to all, uh, every every block having four or five fast food food restaurants on it, and then even when you think you're eating healthy, you're eating um, food that is in some way been modified. And so those are things that are going to be on our plate to figure out. We have to figure that out. Or we're going to have to be more active and proactive in gardening, growing our own food, uh, doing something that makes it sustainable. What happens if we weren't allowed to come out of the house at all? What do we have that could sustain us? Very few of us uh, are growing anything. Those are the things you have to think about. I just want to kind of drop in and share some of those things with you. Uh, I hope that you guys are doing okay with the shelter at home thing. Um, not a whole lot has changed because we were kind of shut down about a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, with me going through my heart thing, I came home and set my behind down for the most part. I've gone through the store a few times. 
Um, but definitely practicing social distancing. Um, you know, I getting uh, some exercise in, but again, practicing social distancing. Um, so that's what I want you guys to kind of just focus on is number one, do what you can to minimize the risk of contracting and spreading disease. Number two, educate yourself on the disease, educate yourself on political process, educate yourself on geopolitics, global economics, start reading because you are going to find that the more you educate yourself, the more empowered you become. Uh, the more capable you become in making decisions that can be beneficial for you and your family. Uh, how we fa Again, to me, my, my message is always going to be, while we need to be healthy during this crisis, we need to be prepared for what comes afterwards because a lot of what we're going to be able to do and how well we fare as this crisis subsides is going to depend on how prepared we are to take on the new challenges it creates and it will create new challenges and if you don't understand it, if you haven't seen that that's going to be a problem for you so my my suggestion is become aware of things become aware of what's going on on a global scale become aware of how you as an individual can impact that and you can i don't care who you are where you come from what your life is growing up where you are at on the wealth scale or the poverty scale it doesn't matter you have the ability to come to impact the world around you when you see and understand how things work it's that simple i don't think there's been a more consistent message with me than understanding how things work uh we are constantly exploit it because we don't understand how things work. We're constantly manipulated because we don't understand how things work. We whine and complain about being oppressed, but it's because we don't understand how things work. Uh, we allow those who oppress us to tell us how we are supposed to overcome our oppression. Um, and, and that obviously hasn't worked for us. So obviously there are a bunch of things that we should be doing and the things that we should be understanding. Look, I'm going to get off here. I'm a little late for a session, but I had to drop this on you guys. You guys have an unbelievable day and hopefully I'll be back to talk with you a little later with some more updates. Stay up, keep your head up, take this time to read. On that note, I'm out of here. of some skills that are in high demand as the workforce evolves. Uh, we are offering training and courses in a number of skill sets that will be in high demand in this particular decade. From 2020 to 2030, we already know that's going to be plenty of demand for uh, about 8 to 15 skill sets that don't require uh, a formal Yeah, sounded better than Jay. People talk Real about talk, it. I ain't throwing shots. Careful who you 